I'm really excited to do this today. Just the thought that the Holy Spirit could be speaking through me today and to have that type of communion with him. I've loved the fellowship I've had with the other speakers just since being here, the warmth of relationship. Uh, that's, I don't always feel that. Um, and it just, just really sense like there's a camaraderie, a friendship, uh, a cheering on for one another. I, I was asked to speak on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, specifically. And uh, let me just read it. It says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Before I talk about praying at all times in the spirit, I want us to look at the end of that verse where it says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Okay, that part's easy to understand. Okay, praying in the Spirit, we may have different understandings of what that means, and we'll get to that later. But let's, let's just look at what we should be doing that I think we all can read and go, yeah, that's, that's what it says. It, it, it says, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Keep alert, have your mind alert, persevere in this, in what, in your prayers, in your supplication for all the saints. I I believe the Lord gave me this, this passage to preach. I was assigned this because I haven't been great at this. I haven't been great at praying for all of the saints. And so I can say, as I started studying this passage, the first thing I did was to start trembling at it and saying, God, I don't pray that much. Sometimes I'll come to a gathering like this and not really have prayed for all the saints, really from the Spirit, praying in the Spirit and saying, God, I, I love these men. I love these, these men and women. I love my brothers and sisters. Sometimes I get so focused on me. God, speak through me. God, give me the words to say. Me, 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 me. And, and it really hit me. This is where the Lord was just showing me my sin. Was how often do you pray for the other speakers? How often do you deeply from your heart keep your mind alert, persevere, and go, no, no, I pray that Kevin DeYoung nails it. I pray that he nails it. I pray that he has so much joy, so full of life. I pray that something amazing just breaks through. I mean, here's how sick my heart is sometimes. I'll show up in a conference, and, and part of me, There's part of me that hopes the speaker before me isn't that good. (laughs) I'm just being honest with you. It's there. It's been there. I mean, I don't want to exaggerate. I I never think, okay, I hope Piper bombs. Okay? But I do hope for mediocrity. You know, I do. I'm just saying. That is how sick like God was showing me that how that's in you like I mean we laugh at it but there is such an evil in that a lack of kingdom mindedness like what is that 
How can I be so into me to the point where I'm asked to be a speaker somewhere and I'm secretly hoping that the person before isn't just filled with the Spirit and just changes the atmosphere in that place, that, that, that he just awakens everyone's soul and afterwards they're just so in love with him. Like, like what is it in me that would think about Francis? Rather than trembling at God's word and saying, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So I've been praying for you because of this passage. I've been praying for you. And God has been giving me just as I pray in the spirit for you. He's given me a love for you. I mean, seriously, like a love for you. Things that were coming to mind as I was praying for you was just, it's so difficult to lead nowadays. It's different. It's different than when I first went into the ministry like 30 years ago. It's different. Sometimes it feels, it can feel impossible to lead people. I start thinking about how we live in a time when people don't respect authority. Uh, there's, there's a real pride and it's, 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 uh, it's almost like a competition. Who can say the most biting, harsh thing? Let me use the fewest words possible. Say the harshest things about the most powerful people or the people in authority. And that whole Davidic spirit of, of seeing Saul as God's anointed. Is he any of that? And yet you're called to lead and, and to, to, to patiently and gently and lovingly not get angry, but to care and to shepherd these people. And so my heart just started going out to you because I know what it's like. It sometimes feels impossible. Not only that, but we live in a time when people value their opinions so much. I mean, they're just sure. It doesn't matter if the whole elder board is 100% agreement. We all think this. It's the opinion. And it's like they're stuck. And it's like, wait. You said we were all godly men at different times. You respected us, and now we're all in agreement. I mean, isn't this what the church is for, for us all? I mean, sometimes we can't see things in ourselves, and so you humbly come and go, all of us in our agreement, we see this sin. It's like, you guys are all wrong. Let's go to another church and tell them how I was victimized by you. And you're supposed to lead in that. You're leading in a time when everyone's so volatile. Don't you feel like people come ready to fight? They just want to fight about it. We see it, right? People are just snapping all over our country. They're just on edge. You just say one word wrong. Seriously, just say it. Say just one word wrong, just accidentally. And we'll be all over you. And it's going to be all over everything. And it's like, gosh, 
So here I am, here we are trying to lead with, with power as, as this calling from God, people that may not want to be led, people who believe their opinions are greater than yours, people that, that don't respect authority, and yet God's called us to love them, they're the body. And, and so it's a difficult, difficult position that you're in. And I'm sure there are some of you here today that are discouraged, and then there's the comparison factor that we've never had in the past where they can go on the internet and hear messages like why aren't you more like him you know how come you're not as smart as Keller I love his teaching how come you're not you're not as passionate as Piper how come you're not as, 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 as entertaining and funny? as me. Yeah, it's just, you know, like, why? It's just this comparison thing, right? He's playing. Um, but but it, it is, it's, it's like this wrestle where there's just so much going on. And, and then I read scripture and I read about how God wants unity. And there's times when I'm just like, Lord, I don't know how that's going to happen. One mind, one spirit. Like, I've tried to figure it out in my mind. Like, how is that going to happen? When these people don't think this is a sin, I definitely, I can't go with that. I don't know, Lord, I don't know how this is going to happen. But maybe the answer is this verse. Maybe if we trembled over God's word that says to keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Maybe I spend less time trying to figure it all out and be obedient to God's word and persevere in praying and praying in the spirit for all of the saints. And so I praise God that he assigned this verse for me to teach because it's been good for me. And, and I, I've been coming off of, just, just so you know, I, this was one of the best, I, I'm, I really don't think I'm exaggerating. Like, maybe the best weekend of my life in my relationship with God. That's how good it was. This weekend was just another level of enjoyment of him. It started off on Friday, Friday around 11. I was just gonna teach for like an hour. I I just taken a break. I was gonna teach some people, pray over them, and then get right back to some writing that I'm doing. And so, yeah, I'll come over there. We start praying and and just enjoying the presence of God, you know? And an hour passed, I didn't even get to the teaching or the q and It's like, I don't want this to end. Let's, let's, let's keep going because I just, I love this. I love it, let's keep praying. Before we knew it, it's, it's five o'clock. And it's like, 
This is so good, so good. This is so good. I just want to keep doing this. Can we just keep going, keep going? Just pray, pray till midnight. I've never done that. It was just, it's just, I, I love it. I love it. And, it. and then the things, I don't have time to get into it, that just happened all through the rest of the weekend. Amazing, amazing time. Just enjoying him. But it all started off with just praying. Praying in the spirit is to the point where I, I didn't want to, I seriously did not want to leave San Francisco yesterday. I mean, not just because it's, ugly out here but I just I really didn't want to leave the people the church and everything that's going on it was first time it's like that acts two where everyone was feeling a sense of awe like what's happening here like we're just loving being in his presence loving this adoring of him But it started with praying in the Spirit. Praying at all times in the Spirit. In the Spirit, not just with our lips, not just saying things, but deeply in the Spirit. You know, in in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1, it says, this is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. <laughs> Look at that phrase. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. So how am I supposed to explain praying in the spirit? Well, the Bible says, I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. Sometimes some of us are better at giving answers than giving mystery, than really stewarding mystery. And we just want to get into the explanation. And if we just get into some of the explanation and and some of the answers to the questions, it's like we can miss the point. We can miss the point of even praying in the Spirit. I mean, we can say phrases like that so often that they lose their mystery if we're not careful. And we're supposed to steward it. I I mean, think about, I mean, right now, okay, right now, am I really filled with the spirit of almighty God? I mean, you, you, you were talking about holy of holy stuff, where God's presence was really in that place. Is that what we're talking about here? Like when I am praying, is there really a connection with him? Like, just the thought, God, when I get on that stage, are your words really going to come through me? Is this really a connection with him? Paul has just said, this is a profound mystery, and I'm talking about Christ in the church. 
It's a profound mystery that we are members of his body. So, so you're telling me there is a God who dwells in unapproachable light. Think the sun, think an atomic bomb, unapproachable. You don't just go grab the sun. You don't just, just, I just wanna see what it feels like. You don't do that. And this is the creator who shines brighter than the sun. And somehow, this God who is an unapproachable light says that we are members of his body. And he nourishes and cherishes us just like we would. Wait, so you're telling me that this God in all of his glory, that somehow I'm attached, he sees me as a member of his body. How? And then, now we are the, we together, somehow we forming a temple to be the dwelling place of God? And then I can pray now and I can speak. I mean, does this still amaze you? Like a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good? See, we can get caught up in the flesh. We can get caught up. Oh, I hope I do okay. I hope that people like me. We can think at that level versus the mystery God, are you going to manifest through me? What is that going to look like? Am I going to speak your words that are spirit and life? They're not just, this isn't just a lecture. This isn't just, let me get some things from my head to yours. It goes beyond that to spirit and life. And so I've been praying and trying to persevere in that. I say, God, I want that imparted. I want something of the Spirit imparted, something of life. In context, Ephesians 6 is not a... uh, I, I, you know, praying at all times in the spirit, it, it can almost have like this uh, touchy-feely connotation to it. And yet when you look at the context of this passage, it's in the midst of a very like, it's like a battle cry, right? Saying, look, our battle isn't flesh and blood. Okay, this, this, this wrestle we have is in flesh and blood. So you better take on this helmet of salvation. You better have this buckle. You better have this shield of faith. You better have this, you know, it's, it's, it, and he starts it off in, in verse 10 when he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He goes, let me, let me close with this. Let me close this amazing book of Ephesians with this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his mighty power. Be strong. I mean, I, I don't see that as just something to exegete and go, oh, okay, well, the word finally means 
the last. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's not just that. It's, it's, you got to catch the spirit of it. He's just like, come on, guys. Finally, be strong. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. So come on, put on all of the armor. Let's go. Let's be strong. Let's be courageous. I mean, that's the the most repeated command in scriptures. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Come on, be strong. We need more of this in the church. Be strong in the power of his might. Do you get how much power is available? It's easy to come and then in the flesh and go, oh man, I'm not as smart as these guys. Man, last night at dinner, they were talking about something. (laughs) Kevin and Sam, I have no clue what you're talking about. Zero, zero. I mean, I, and I'm not, it's not for lack of trying. I am conscious. I even had my eyes closed listening to every word and going, no clue, Lord. Why? No clue. You think in the flesh there's not a single thought that goes, and you're going to preach to them. If I stay in the flesh, man, I'm of no use to you. Man, if I come up here, you know, just... But the confidence, where's this? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. In the strength of his might. Man, earlier in Ephesians, in in, in chapter 1, he talks about how there's this immeasurable, listen to these words, immeasurable greatness of power toward us who believe. Immeasurable. There's an immeasurable greatness of power toward me. And we all know what he says in Ephesians 3.20, where he can do abundantly more than all we ask or imagine according to the power at work within us. And so, so at the end he goes, let me, let, me, let, me, let me say it again. Finally, be strong in his might. Take on this armor. And it's in the midst of all of that that he says, pray in the spirit. Okay, it's, it's, it's about this power. In the middle of this battle cry comes and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. In the spirit, that word is, is, it's the idea of by means of, by means of the spirit, in connection to the spirit. It's, a, it's the same phrase, it's the same word that's used in, uh, John alluded to it last night in, in uh, Romans 8 where it talks about uh, crying out, Abba, Father. Let me read it specifically. Um, Verses, uh, verse 15. Where is it? Why can I not see the verses? Okay, here it is. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom, it's that same word there, it's the same phrase of, of praying in the Spirit. It's, it's through, by whom, through him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 
So it's, it's, it's that same idea of in the spirit, through the spirit, by means of the spirit, our spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Okay, how in the world do you outline that? How do you explain how this happens? There's some mystery to this. I can't tell you why, like, like when I was studying that passage, and I'm, this is just a few weeks ago, I'm just, just reading it, and, and then suddenly just everything in me, I, just, I literally just start sobbing, and I'm just going, Daddy, 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 like everything in me. Just wanting that perfect father, just like, oh, daddy, Abba, Abba. Just, just, there's just that, that hunger in me, longing for this perfect dad to make me feel perfectly secure and protected. And everything in me is like, oh, you're my father, you're my dad. I'm just crying, enjoying him, going, oh, it's so good. I just love being with you, father. And yet, hallowed be thy name. So this sacred, unapproachable, amazing God, and yet here I am crying out, Abba, Father, just loving being in his presence. And that's the work of the Spirit, and it's a mystery. How can I have this depth of experience and relationship and warmth to have my spirit cry out to someone so holy, 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 and yet it happens. Seriously? (laughs) Wow. So why don't you do that when John's preaching? It just... <laughs> now, you guys, uh, some of you have children. Probably a lot of you have children, and some of you have a lot of children. Um, you know how, like, when your, your baby's first born, like, your first child is born, and immediately there's these feelings... You know, you can't even understand. It's like, I, and then you start holding, you know, they're, they're maybe just a few weeks old, few months old, and you want to squeeze them, don't you? Right? Because you have all this emotion, you know, like my toddlers, you know, like, like sometimes I just, you know, I've got this three-year-old, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's like they're so, you, you just want more. You want to express this love, right? But you can't. You're just like, okay, grow up because I want to explain. I want you to know what I feel about you, and I want to really hug you. Like those are the feelings I've been having as I, as I pray with God where there's times where I seriously, I'm, I'm like, God, this is the way I feel. It's like I want more of you. I want more of you. Like, like it's like praying isn't enough. Like, ah, it's, it's just like that time, like, like, like I'm texting my wife, hey, how are they? That's not enough. God, I want more. I want more. I want more. I desire you. Come, Lord Jesus. I want a greater way to express this 
that's what I want. That's, it's like you, you just so I, I want to pray more because maybe if I, I pray more and I just seek you and I'm in your presence more, I can just enjoy you more and we can have more of this because there's no one I'd rather be with. My spirit is crying out, Abba, Father. It's not lips just saying things. And I don't know how to make that happen, but I believe it starts with humility. Because if you look a few verses later in Acts 8, it says, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Listen to this. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We do not know what to pray for as we ought. We do not know what to pray for as we ought. When you close your eyes to pray, is that the thought that goes through your mind? When you close your eyes to pray, you think, God, I don't know what to pray. I know that I don't know how to pray as I ought. I need, to, I need the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for me according to the will of God. And God, I'm about to pray to you right now, but I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray according to your will. I'm not good at this, Lord. I need your Holy Spirit to help me pray. Do you come not just dependent on prayer, but dependent in prayer? Saying, I need you because if I just start praying in the flesh, I'm just going to start asking you for things that Francis wants. And I want to pray according to your will. And the Spirit knows your mind. I need him. I need him to intercede for me. Man, be so careful about this, guys. Man, how many people do you know who are dependent in prayer? How many people come desperately like, I really need you because I'm about to pray right now. Man, we can get to the point where we can just walk up with our Bibles like, I got this. I know, I, with this confidence, even in teaching. So imagine in our prayers. Oh, I know what to ask for. I know what this crowd needs. I know your problem. Then we start praying for the rest of the body of Christ, but we pray according to our own wills. God, they're not like me. They need to become more like me. sure about that and is that what is causing all of the problems and all the vision or do we come humbly in prayer saying God look I don't know that's your child I don't know how to discipline your child 
Maybe I'm off. I don't see things in myself. Search me, God. Know my heart. You are the only one that can search me and know me. Show me. Show me the pride. I need the body of Christ to show me my pride. I need your Holy Spirit to show me my pride. I am a weak, weak person who does not know how to pray. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who intercedes for me. Do you come humbly in prayer? Seriously, think. Think in your mind right now. Who do you know? Who are your examples of people who are desperate in prayer? That sin of self-reliance is going to destroy the efficacy of our prayers. It, it really will. Just this arrogant, I, I, know what, I, I know what needs to change. I don't. I do know I pray for mercy. Pray for wisdom. Anything I see in scripture and try to pray according to the will of God. But even then, I'm not going to hit it perfectly. I need the spirit to pray according to the will of God. Praying in the Spirit. So in this passage is in, in Ephesians, is he talking about speaking in tongues? Because all my life when I heard that, I kind of just had this aversion like, ah, it's just a tongues thing. Praying in the Spirit. And... I won't get into it. Okay. Um, let's, uh, 1 Corinthians. Just, 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 I just want to be cautious. I've had, I've had very, um, I've been very sure about things in the past and have said things um, very strongly, even abrasively. And, uh, and then later in life, searching scriptures more and going, ooh, I, I think I was really off on that. And so I just want to be careful now. So in, um, let's, let's cross-reference real quick to 1 Corinthians 14, because here he clearly is speaking about tongues. Um, I think this is important. He says, for this reason, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 13, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit... How can someone else who is now put in the position of inquire say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Okay, I mean, first of all, just in verse 14, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. 
My mind is unfruitful. I, I, have you ever considered praying or praising while your mind is unfruitful? Okay. Don't take this as an insult because it 100% is not. But this circle can lean towards being more heady. Not a bad thing, not an insult. But because of that, this type of passage will be more of a stretch to think anything good could be accomplished with an unfruitful mind. Okay? That's, that's all I want to say about that. Like, just understand, like, for some of us, we all have different struggles. And we all have different giftedness. You, you know, like in personalities, the things you love about someone is also the thing you hate, right? The, the, the uh, whatever you call it, the, the opposite of that, you know? And so understand this idea it's of my mind being unfruitful. I, I remember Sam talking about things that are transrational. Like, we're not talking about irrational, but it's, it's beyond just anything good must pass through this cognitive part of my brain in order for it to be a good thing. But with that, then, how else are we going to explain the spirit crying out, Abba, Father? You know, Paul here is just saying, okay, when I pray in a tongue, it's, it's like, I don't know what I'm saying. My mind is unfruitful, but my spirit is praying, and I, I'm grateful that I do this, and I do it more than all of you, Paul says. We, we have to grapple with that. Um, but, but here he's saying that, you know, when you're praising in the spirit, he, he goes, I, I want to do it, you know, with my spirit, but I also want to do it with understanding. But here he's clearly talking about tongues. If I speak in a tongue, my spirit prays, my mind is unfruitful. And in verse 16, when you are praising God in the spirit. So this idea of praying in the spirit, singing in the spirit, praising in the spirit, is it tongues? Yes, it is. But is it exclusively tongues? And that's where I don't think it is. I, I mean, based upon the passage, and here's why. Because there he clearly says that when you pray in a tongue, your mind is unfruitful. Like, you don't, you don't even know what you're saying. And yet in Ephesians 6, when he says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. In that, it, it, it's, he's, he's saying, like, okay, Back up, back up. I'm sorry, I'm getting too excited. First of all, in that same passage in Corinthians, he explains that do all speak in tongues. It's, it's do all prophesy, do all... It, it's, it's, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not ever so, so... And yet here is a command for everyone. So that's why I don't believe that it could be exclusively tongues. 
if not all speak in tongues and yet all are commanded. We don't have the command that all should speak in tongues. Here he's saying we should all pray in the spirit though. And here praying in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then he's naming specific prayer requests. Now if, if, if it's absent and our mind is unfruitful, then how could it be just tongues? Because here he's saying, look, I want you to be praying for all of the saints. And then he gets very specific. He says, I want you to pray for me that words may be... See, I feel like there's a connection here. I really think there's a connection here. He says, when I speak, he goes, pray that these words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. Like as I always, it's, it's what, what John was talking about again last night, the Holy Spirit at times, you know, there, there's times when God says, look, resolve in your mind ahead of time. I, be, I believe it's Luke 14, 21 or 21, 14. It might not be either of those. Okay, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's when he says, you, you, you decide ahead. I'm going to look it up. This is not a good pulpit for blasphemy. Um, not that there is one. Yes, it is. 21, 4, it's the second one. So, Settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. Ooh. Don't you hate that verse? <laughs> Settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. Again, for some of us, that is a stretch. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. There's something about the Spirit giving words right at that moment. And Paul, I believe that's what he's referring to here. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. He says, would you, would you pray in the Spirit for me? So somehow it's something specific, and as we're dependent in prayer, going, God, give me words to pray. I don't know how to pray as I ought. Holy Spirit, intercede for me. Give me words. But then even as I'm praying for Paul, Paul, the, the words, I hope you prayed for me. God, have words come out of his mouth. Like at that moment even. It may be stuff that he studied that you revealed to him and, 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 and he has. But at that moment too, may there be this, the Spirit giving him words, bringing to mind the scriptures of spirit and life. Make that happen. And so it's kind of this, this whole experience, all supposed to work together, whereas a bunch of humble people, we don't, we don't come to prayer going, oh, I know exactly what to pray for. And we don't walk up to a pulpit going, I know exactly what these people need. But the whole time it's like, oh God, could I have this experience You know how Second Chronicles 7, 
David, uh, not David, Solomon just finished building the temple and he's dedicating the temple. Remember that moment? You know, it's one of those moments where I go, oh, I wish I could see that. Where fire comes, they're all outside the temple and fire comes down from heaven. Don't you just want to see that one time in your life, right? Fire from heaven. And then it says, the glory of the Lord filled the temple and no one dared enter that temple. They're on their faces and they're worshiping. I'm going, oh, just to be with a group of people outside of a temple and see fire come down, the glory of the Lord, and we're all just, we're scared, but we're also worshiping like, yes, that's our God. He just filled the temple. This is a, this is a sacred, sacred moment. As I was praying, I believe in the spirit for all of you. One of the thoughts that came to mind was 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, where it says, do you not know that you, plural, are God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Here are some of the thoughts that came to my mind as I pictured that temple in the Old Testament. And the glory of God filling the temple. And everyone just on their faces worshiping God and going, are you kidding me? I mean, could you imagine if we were there together and we're just looking at each other? What just happened? So much fear, but so much excitement. Like, I'm not going in there. I'm not getting close to it. This is as close as it gets. This is amazing. Could you imagine the thought even enter your mind at that moment to grab a sledgehammer and just start hitting the temple. At that holy, sacred moment, and yet, what does the Bible say in the New Testament? Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. There's a mystery. The things that were coming to my mind was, we would never dare strike that temple, but where's that temple? And now I need to be so careful with my lips about what I would say to God's 
temple, any part of it, because we are like living stones. This is the mystery. Again, you guys, we're like these living stones being stacked on one another, and we're, dwell- we're making a dwelling place for God. But it's not just us. Somehow it transcends time, because the foundation is the apostles and the prophets. That's the picture that he gives. Here's the foundation. The apostles, there's Moses, you know, there's Elijah, there's Isaiah, there's Jeremiah, there's Ezekiel, there's Paul, there's Peter, and and then Christ as a cornerstone, and I get to be this living stone in the midst of this temple, and we're all connected, and we're all part of that. Building this dwelling place for God, it's a picture of that temple where he dwells. And what an incredible honor to think, how could I be connected to Moses? How could I be connected to Paul who wrote this? And Jesus, Jesus, almighty God, as the cornerstone, and I'm connected to this. And he says, yeah, and it's a sacred thing. And that's why he says, if anyone destroys this temple, God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. You don't mess when God says, look, this is holy. That's, that's why this, this sin of division and how we can arrogantly just say things about other people and about other leaders Oh God, I've been repenting of this. I'm trying to change and just curb my words and in love and and make supplication rather than criticisms, like like being alert and persevering and praying for these people and even coming in prayer and going, God, I don't even know what to pray. I don't know. My flesh will say, make him more like me. That's what my prayers will be like. And God, what is that all about? No, make this person more like Christ. Oh, please, 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 Lord. Because I am, I am not taking a sledgehammer to a part of God's temple. God says, you're going you're to destroy my temple? Seriously, you're going to take a sledgehammer to my temple. God's temple is sacred. You know, I, I think about those scenes in the Bible that used to bother me. Like when, when Uzzah stabilized the ark. Who did not have a problem with that the first time you read it, right? You think, he was trying to help, right? That's what our flesh, our mind goes. He, what is he supposed to let it dry? He, you don't understand, sacred. See, we're not good at understanding sacred. We're not good at understanding mystery. We're good at giving answers. We're not good at giving mystery and going, this is sacred, this is sacred. Man, when David took that census and 70,000 people were killed, that was hard to stomach. What about New Testament? What about Ananias and Sapphira? They exaggerated what they gave. Hasn't it run through your mind like, God, I've done worse? Why am I still alive today? Don't you read 1 Corinthians 15 or, or 1 Corinthians 11 and it's talking about, you know, many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. 
Because I didn't examine the body and blood? I, because I didn't take communion? In a, I mean, they're sacred things. And these thoughts come through my mind, you know? And, and, and as I'm praying, it's just this sense that, yes, God has shown a lot of grace. A lot, a lot, a lot. But we have to get serious about this issue of what comes out of our mouth and whether it's just words of life to the rest of the temple that may not think as well as you, may not experience as much as you, to be careful that you're not taking a sledgehammer. That's why in Titus, he says, look, warn a divisive person once. Warn, warn, warn him again and then have nothing to do with him. He doesn't say that about other sins, but with division. He goes, hey, that person that's trying to take a sledgehammer to the church, to his holy temple, God's going to destroy him, so you better warn him. Warn, hey, dude, dude, put the hammer down, put the hammer down. You know, people that come from other churches go, oh, yeah, my last church, they did this to me, but now you're here. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Seriously, put the hammer down. Put the sledgehammer down. Let's be careful with this. You're talking about God. Warn them. Don't dare join in and go, yeah. You don't want your hand on that hammer with him. And people are very clever about division nowadays. It can come in prayer. Oh God, I just pray for Sam. He doesn't know how he hurt me. Well, I just came because I'm hurt. Okay. But that doesn't give you the right to divide, to be divisive. Look. Again, we live in a time when people are quick to speak, quick to tweet, quick to post their opinion, and we are not to be stained by the ways of the world. We're to be quick to listen, slow to speak, thinking through, is this really going to bring life? Are these... Is this really an encouraging word like he says earlier in Ephesians 4, right? I don't want anything to come out of my mouth like that. I don't want to dare destroy the temple of God. I believe God has had grace, but I believe the time's coming when his grace is, well, when I was in prayer, I just got the sense, for me anyways, that God's been tremendously patient but his word does say don't destroy my temple my temple's sacred and you are that temple and it was just a warning with my lips and I want to apologize publicly because there are times when I have criticized and I just didn't think it through I'm not saying there aren't times when we don't question in love the way something's being done, but I just want to be far more careful moving forward at this stage of my life. And don't let Satan get into your mind 
where you think, well, it's, it's been, don't let him get in. Did God really say that he would destroy you for destroying? I mean, is this really the same as the Old Testament temple? Are we, did God really say that you are that temple and that God will, don't let that, just tremble at this and saying, Lord, you know what? People really did die taking communion improperly. People really did die exaggerating truth to the apostles. And he really did say, don't go there. And in the name of compassion, sometimes we can say, well, I just want to keep listening to what this guy has to say. And I know you guys have all kicked him out of the church. I just want to hear him Warn a divisive person once, warn him again, then have nothing to, nothing to do with him. Scripture. It's that serious. But praying in the Spirit, that's a solution to this. You know, as I try to figure out, well, maybe if we did this, maybe if we wrote a document that says, okay, we believe this and we'll give great... We've been trying that for centuries, but how serious have we been about praying in the Spirit? This morning, I was praying for you, Kevin. I was. I was just like in the Spirit, just going, God, give me words to pray. I don't know what he needs. He's your child. life, joy and experience of you when he teaches, people change. John, I was praying for you last night, before last night, and on the plane ride here, just, oh God, it'd be so awesome, it'd be so awesome if he's preaching and, ah, uh, he, because he, he, I was sharing, like, my life, so much changed through his, the, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, speaking through him these words of life where it's like, that's what got my heart just ignited, excited to study this book again, excited. God, could you have that happen in this room? Could more of that happen? Could we just walk away from this place as truly, truly changed people? Not just a feeling, but something really happening of the Holy Spirit of God. Man, are you praying that for everyone? Because God revealed to me while praying in the Spirit that I haven't been kingdom-minded enough and I need to be careful with my words. And that's why and, and, and is that the more I study the Scripture to make sure, to discern, is this really of the Spirit? I absolutely believe it is because it's again in the context of Ephesians where he doesn't want us to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And that's in the context of bitterness, division. There's a mystery that Jesus prayed for. He says, I and them and you and me, may they be brought to complete unity so that the world may know that you have sent me 
and have loved them even as you've loved me. And I've tried my whole life thinking, how do I bring unity? And I think it's gone through all of our minds, right? I know I see the Spirit of God in him, but he's in a different denomination. Some don't even call that a denomination. Some call that a cult. And I I don't know, but I see the Holy Spirit in that person. And God, how is this going to happen? And so we try to use our minds and everything else. But why don't we start with trembling at what his word says, which is that we pray in the Spirit at all times. And we make supplication for all of the saints. And we come before him humbly, dependent in prayer, saying, I need your Holy Spirit to tell me even what to pray for these people. Have words come out of my mouth as I'm praying that come from the Holy Spirit for these people. In fact, let's pray right now. Spirit, we are so weak. Arrogant. Father, take away the pride, please. Help us to come to you like little children. My three-year-old has nothing to offer me, nothing to teach me. God, we come before you Your thoughts are infinitely higher than ours. Your ways are infinitely higher, Lord. We don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray according to your will. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh God, thank you for the love I feel for everyone in this room. Pray that love increases. Give us a holy fear of destroying your temple. Of grieving your spirit. Of speaking words that don't build up and edify. God, I pray for the men and women in this room that they have wonderful, intimate times with Abba, Father. So that they would multiply that in their people. We just want lovers of you. Thank you for our time together, Lord. 
Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the fellowship we have. I just thank you for this wonderful group of servants and pray for a deep, deep encouragement, not shallow words, but deep encouragement in the inner man. In Jesus' precious name I pray.